Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I don't like Westerns. Mm, I got to be honest with you. One of the best ever. Not into Westerns at all. I got it. Last week we were were doing our little quick preview before the first game, uh, which was South Carolina and Florida, and I referenced Florida and how they've been falling apart in these games lately and, you know, lost a couple in a row and they've had 40 posted on them the last two games heading into that South Carolina game. And I referenced one of the greatest Westerns of all time, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and no Mm. one knew what the hell I was talking about. Yeah, well. Or in the the general vicinity of the studio and all that. Well, one guy, Freddie, knew. He knew what I was talking about. It was a great line, and it was was, – Butch Cassidy, you know, Paul Newman said to Robert Redford, who was Sundance Kid, you know, you know, first hint of darkness on the horizon and you fall all to pieces. And that's what happens to Florida. And I said, don't be like the Sundance Kid. Well, it didn't happen. I said, don't be like the Sundance Kid with the first hint of darkness on the horizon, you fall to pieces. You're going to face some adversity in the game. I think that's great. I, I mean, agree. Well, so people didn't get it. They so. didn't get it. They but who cares about were, they, that? I mean, they were it was fun with. No, no. I mean, they they were they were joking about it. But uh, yeah, I didn't care. Okay, I'm right. still. I got some new ones for them this week too. Oh, really? They won't get. Yeah, Clint Eastwood westerns. You just make sure you tune in. All right. Maybe if I can remember them. Oh, was you now? You're just gonna. That's gonna be your thing every week. Is quote a western with no, Brian Jones? No, no. You never know what hits you. Sometimes right. it's a western. Sometimes it's Wheel of Fortune. You know, Grandpa. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's. Oh, don't bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> like that Grandpa in that fried zucchini. Yeah, right. Don't lose your million. Listen to your granddaughter. Um, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I wonder. I think people would get that reference. Yeah, I well, mean, if you can say sick nasty, you can reference. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, right? Or Sitting Shiva. Or yeah. Sitting Shiva. How about that? Yeah, that yeah. was a great one. Yeah. yeah even the Zucker. I threw him off his game. Yeah, because he's a machine on Saturdays. Oh, my God, is he a machine. Yes, he is. Welcome back. He's just chewing through everything. Coming up next. See, he was the one in. He didn't get that Butch Cassidy. Of course Sundance he wouldn't. He, he would not you get Guys it. don't like Westerns. What's wrong with you kids? There's nothing interesting about them. There's a whole bunch interesting. You crazy? Got the the, the wardrobe and the beautiful horses and, and the cowboys and the dialogue. Well, you're from Texas. It makes sense. Not just for folks us. from Texas like Westerns. And we're not we're not into that stuff around here. Mm. Yeah, McLeod. I don't remember that. That's a never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Old spinoff of a Clint Eastwood movie, Coogan's Bluff. McLeod comes up to New York City looking for some people or a person. Gets caught up with the hippies and stuff. McLeod did. McLeod. Then they made a television series about it. No, it was Coogan's Bluff, which was Clint Eastwood's movie. And then they had the movie, I mean, the the television series, McLeod, Dennis Weaver. Okay, Dennis. So he was a cop up here in New York City, walk around with his, his Western... Suit on his okay. cowboy hat in New right. York City. Yeah. I see how that could be mildly entertaining. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to watch it every week. McLeod. Kojak. What the f*** was that? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to uh, diminish your passion in this whole thing. I don't. Oh, it's too I think, late. You I think already it's, have. No, I think it's great. I that can you, tell how you started the sentence. <laughs> no, I think I, I think it's great that you care this much about Westerns because there's not a lot of stuff you're passionate about. This is true. I mean, I know that there's two things you're extremely passionate about. And then outside of that, you know, sometimes you got to find the other things. Yeah. So this to hear you get this excited about yeah. McLeod and his McLeod's trek great. to New York oh. City is, is and, fun and, for and me. When, when it was training camp time, you had your, your certain movies had to go with you to training camp. You had I had to take my westerns, uh, you know, took my Bill Cosby movies, Sidney Poitier movies. Yeah, I should have said Sidney Poitier first, right? And yeah. Just left it at that. Uh, See, I and, know him. Yeah, of course you do. And, That's a guy uh, I Mr. Know. Tibbs. And uh, so the Westerns had to go. Training camp movies, yeah. Okay. You know. So mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics are on an unbelievable run. Yes. As they have won 14 straight. And Kyrie Irving at this point, I know it's still early in the season. We have not even reached the uh, – you haven't even gotten to December yet. Um, it feels like the NBA season's been going on forever. But uh, Kyrie Irving – as it stands right now, looks like he made an unbelievable decision by getting himself out of Cleveland because the Cleveland Cavaliers look old. They look disinterested at times. They look confused and look like a team that's just waiting for LeBron to leave again. Whereas the Boston Celtics every night look young, intense, focused, They've got these young guys at Danny Ainge when he talked about Jalen Brown, how much he loved him, and he wouldn't put him in any trades. How much he loved Jason Tatum, how this guy had to be the number one pick in the draft, and the fact that they got him where they did was just incredible. I mean, and and you're thinking, oh, wow, I mean, Danny Ainge is high on these guys. Maybe we should trust him. Well, he's, it turned out to be right about a lot of this stuff. And Kyrie's defense is better. Kyrie's ability to take over a game is more frequent now than it used to be. And this team, and you hear Steve Kerr say it, you hear others say it. I mean, they're like, they're the future. They are the future of the NBA if they continue on this track without Gordon Hayward, mind you, all of this is going on. Well, you know, the Cavs are still trying to find themselves. And you could say that about Boston uh, with bringing over Kyrie Irving. Uh, They have to get a feel for him. It looks like he has fit in pretty nicely uh, he, he didn't have a monster game last night, but he did make some stellar plays down the stretch there to lead them, help lead them to their 14th straight victory. Uh, but Cavaliers, we know they're going to be fine. We sit here every year, and at some point early in the season or midpoint of the season, uh, something happens there. Someone's upset, and it's usually LeBron. He's calling someone out, and then we all get in a tizzy, and they figure it out, and they're back in another final. So they were fine themselves. They came back the other night versus Charlotte. I, I actually watched some of that ball game. and wow. uh, Yeah, how about that? How about Nick Batum, this guy? Playing well. Isn't he from France also, Nick Batum? <laughs> well, that was his first, wasn't it his first game? Yeah, that was on his when, first on, game of the season. Yeah, and he on, played well. On Wednesday. Yeah. yeah right. Why was that his first game? What's what up? He, he was hurt? Yeah, it was. Oh, he, well, he, he, that, no, he, he was, was protesting. Fr- oh, he was protesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he was, he was injured. You can't say my countryman's name, um, Nicolina. <laughs> I'm protesting. Uh, he, he looked good, and, and they, they were behind in that ball game. They fall back, and, and they won, of course. So I think they will eventually get to where they need to be. Boston looks great right now. I mean, these guys, and yes, they're young. They have a, a, a great young nucleus, 
and and and, and sprinkle in some veterans here and there like Al Horford. And then yeah, they get up and down the court. They're shooting well and being down at one point seventeen in last night's ball game and overcoming that, even with Kyrie Irving not really going off, it helps that Steph Curry only had nine points uh, in the in the contest. But uh, they're playing with, with a lot of confidence and just Jason Tatum. He looks like he's going to be the real deal. Yeah, and uh, beating the Warriors last night. I mean, I know that as the streak goes on, you're thinking. All right, the number's getting bigger. And then when you're knocking off the Warriors as a part of this, and it's number 14, that's really going to get some people talking about it. And I think defensively, I always separate the teams that are real teams by whether or not they play defense. And that's something that the Warriors have not given. Nobody gives them enough credit for their defense. And you remember when the Cavaliers were struggling last year and then they finally started playing defense, and that's how they turned it around? The Celtics, who... I think people thought they could play defense going into the year are just unbelievable. Jalen Brown could be one of the best defenders in the league. How's this for a stat? The Celtics defense allows .805 points per possession with Jalen Brown on the floor, which would lead the NBA by a significant margin. They allow .941 with Brown on the bench, which would rank ninth. That's how much of a difference he makes. When he's on the floor, they're the best defensive team in the league. When he's not on the floor, they're the ninth best defensive team in the league. That's how good he plays So on, on that end of the floor. So this this team and, and Kyrie and the way that the Cavs are struggling, like I didn't think this would go down this way. I really, I really didn't. Now, well, we'll see what happens when Isaiah Thomas I, gets back. But. Right, and I, I think we thought Boston, they, they wouldn't really lose a step. Maybe when uh, Gordon Hayward went out, yeah, okay, this is going to – be the death knell to their season, but it hasn't been. They picked up the pieces from that and still have played extremely well. They have a ton of talent on and athleticism on, on that team, and uh, youth be damned. Uh, they're playing like it, and, and, and so uh, you know they're only going to get better. Uh, you know, Hopefully the young guys don't run out of gas. That's going to be the key. When do they hit the wall? Uh, so you have to watch for that once you get later into the season, but right now uh, they, they are the cream of the crop. Uh, and, and and winning versus uh, Golden State, the reigning champion, and even though one of their better players did not uh, go off last night, uh, that's that's their problem. You can't worry about that. Uh, you you go out and and you play your best, and they did that. Once again, Kyrie Irving wasn't that great, but uh, down the stretch, he made some plays that he needed to make to help put them over the top. Kevin Durant is a guy that I've had his back for a while now, but it, he makes it harder and harder to have his back because of the stuff that goes on. I mean, even through the tweeting stuff, I was just basically saying, I mean, it doesn't mean that he's the most sensitive man on earth. I mean, maybe he deals with Twitter better than other people do, and he doesn't care. He just sends out the tweet and doesn't think about it for the rest of the day. I mean, that's a possibility. And just because he's responding to haters doesn't mean that he's all wrapped up in it. That was my take on it at the time. But you know what? I probably am wrong about this because he went on a whole big deal explaining himself and the tweets and the criticism uh, he's received and he goes if I respond it's no you're sensitive shut up you're supposed to take it everybody did it Michael Jordan went through it I'm like hold up Michael Jordan did not go through this you know what Michael Jordan went through reading the paper and it says oh Michael Jordan was 7 for 33 for the night uh, before how the blank is he going to bounce back that's criticism criticism is not blank you move to blank you're a blanket coward. That's not criticism. Criticism is calling me Mr. Unreliable and bouncing back the next night. Now, that Mr. Unreliable headline was from 
2014. May of 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's still referencing that. So I'm sorry, Kevin. I no longer can give you the benefit of the doubt. You are too sensitive. Because <laughs> if you can't let that go, the paper apologized to him because he took yeah. it so poorly. Yeah. The Oklahoman it was, the, the yeah. newspaper. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe that Michael Jordan didn't go through what I've gone through. Gone through what, man? <laughs> like what people hate on you for leaving Oklahoma City to go to and you won a championship. You did what you were supposed to do and you were great doing it. Why can't you be happy now? Be happy now. Well, maybe he is happy and and the question is is asked with him or in some context that that comes up. Uh, you know, I would want to see how he answered it. Was he angry when he answered it, or did he just say, "Well, this has happened. This has happened in the past," and and so it's it's a different landscape than it was for Michael Jordan. And of course, it was. They have all the social media platforms. You didn't have everyone thinking they were a journalist and a coach. Oh, well, maybe they thought they were a coach, but you, they couldn't profess that. It didn't get to you. And he's right as far as what you did here. It was from the newspaper, and you didn't have all these mediums where everyone could voice their opinion. But that being said, yes, move on. Deal with it and and, and move on to a better place. You don't have to keep recalling that. You have moved to a a situation that you think – is to the betterment of your game and your psyche and your existence here in this game, and you've won a championship. That's what you should be focused on. You should tell anyone that brings up the past, or even yourself when it's when the, the 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 past surfaces in your own mind. Cancel thought. That's what you should do. I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm in a better place. There's a reason I chose to be a Golden State Warrior. It came to fruition this past season, and I'm focusing on getting to that mountaintop again. Just leave it there. And and I don't understand why it would still bother you as much when you've won. Dude, you moved on to a better team. Yes, you you were lambasted uh, for it in some circles, but you got the coveted trophy. You have the Larry O'Brien trophy. You got it. So you won this argument. Yeah, and he still cannot get over the fact that there are Thunder fans that are angry with him. He goes, he goes, it's blanked up that you're saying that stuff about me because a couple months before I was the greatest thing since sliced bread because I was playing for your team. Your team is on TV every day playing late into the playoffs, and you get to brag about how good your city is to some other people around the country. Ah. It was all good when I was doing something for you. It was all good when I was representing you. Now I decide to take my career in the hands, <laughs> in my hands, and I'm a bitch? That's confusing. Oh! That's confusing because some people that I'd seen that cheered for me, people that I actually talked to, the facts that they were giving me, the tone they had when they looked at me, it was weird. Kevin, mm. like, dude, you're not going to win this battle. What do you think they were going to say when you, who were the best player that they've ever had, and well, we'll see what Westbrook does in his career, but to that point, it's the best player they ever had who they loved decided to play for another team. Like, you think everybody's going to be like, yeah, great, man. Awesome. And within the conference yeah. that you lost to. Like, yeah. I'm fine with him leaving. I totally thought it was cool, and I still have his back with that. 
But I knew, and he should have known that they were going to be upset. You go to the team you couldn't beat. That's part you of this. You can't lick them, so you join them. So that makes it sting even more so. And LeBron didn't understand that either with Cleveland. He was so happy. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Next thing you know, jersey's burning, pitchforks, everybody hates you. <laughs> and and he's not, like shocked by this. Yeah, it's not everyone. It, uh, there are a few who will act stupidly and do things like this, move past it. You're not oh, going to win this battle. God. Not going to win the battle versus the paper. You're not going to win the battle versus social media. Just move on. I understand you need to vent. You know how you vent? You go out there and you win another championship. That's how you vent. You're Kevin Durant. Like, if I had your hand, I'd throw mine in. You know how many people would love to be Kevin Durant? And you're Kevin Durant? And you're feeling like this all the time, it seems like? <laughs> Like, it seems like he's angry and upset more than he is enjoying his life. I mean, and that is sad. It really is sad to me. So, anyway. Don't be sad, though. Yeah. I don't want you sad. All right. Okay? Yeah. Good um, enough? Sure. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. I'm cool. fine. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, Charlie Batch is going to join us in 25 minutes from now. Uh, we also have Coop's picks, which uh, Mikey B was able to... Everything sound good with that? You got kinda, him early. Did you wake him up? You kind of were like upset when I brought that up. You didn't give like a good like, yeah, I got Coop's no, pick. No, yeah, I got Coop's pick. You had to wake him up, right? They're not that good, are they, today? No, they're solid. I, I meant to tell you to ask him a certain question. I totally forgot. Damn it. Still time. Are you still, you still down there? Yeah, we've got another 40 minutes with him. Yeah, I, I thought maybe ask him something along the lines of, what do you think about John Elway coming out of retirement from being a GM and starting for the Broncos this week? And then see if he gives like a real opinion. Coop won't fall for that. He won't be like the guy that thought I was a basketball player and hit the, Coop the winning won't shot. Fall for that? <laughs> what was that guy? Sticky Lou. Sticky Lou. Sticky Lou. That was one of our Sticky better Lou productions, Jackson. man. Yeah, I know. Sticky Lou. Oh yeah, I remember you hit the shot. We were in Turkey or somewhere cheering for you. Yeah, I know. So I've heard of Lou Jackson. Okay. Oh, I've heard, heard of Lou Jackson. Okay. Legends. Yeah, it's, it's it's too bad that we couldn't continue to do that. But it's like, like how many, you know, mm. how many times could you do the Sticky Lou bit, right? But it was ended up being yeah, that was very funny. Yeah, that was, that was, that was season good. one, right? Yeah. That was season one. Season one, yeah. Very Taped early. on a Thursday, aired on a Friday. What do you got for us, bro? Hey, uh, here's the deal, folks. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Larif Relief Factor, that is, a try. I can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of people who order the three-week quick start for only $19.95 go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you, and it does work for me. Let me say that again. It does work for me, and it's going to work for you. And it's 100% drug-free. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Give us a call right now, 855-212-4CBS. Homestead Miami Speedway for the Ford EcoBoost 400. Now, we have two picks this week, Brian, as you know. Who's going to win the championship? I think the championship goes to Martin Truex. And who's going to win the race? Mm -hmm. I think the winner of the race this week 
because it's his last and because people want to really see this happen and the last time they wanted to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. really win a, win a, win a race, if I could say that properly, mm. he did. After, you know, going back to Daytona and yeah, dad, the whole right, thing, and right. that was unbelievable. Yeah. I think the same thing happens again. Truex wins a championship. Earnhardt wins the race. Everybody's happy. Yeah, okay. Advanced Auto Parts introduces speed perks. Spend $100 to get $20 off your next qualified purchase. No cards to carry. No points to keep track of. No nonsense. Only track my favorite driver, Jeff Gordon, did not win. Yeah, his nemesis. Homestead. Couldn't do it. His nemesis. Damn, Homestead. Uh, Marco's here with us He's no Homestead. Marco's not used to being here at this this hour. Marco doesn't. uh, He's he's, he's here in the middle of the night. He's here Mm. at night. I'm used to seeing that flannel shirt. Yeah, Marco. Well, everybody's used to that's, that's his go-to. Yeah, Belletti wear is for all occasions. Yes. <laughs> so you know, Marco goes about his business normally, and you know he does. He's not used to seeing the bosses around. Yeah, this early, you know that five forty. No. You know, <laughs> I need a little more. I told him we were joking off the air. I told him that our our program director Eric Spitz, and he'll he'll love this conversation. <laughs> but he and thank you for bringing it up, considering I never work in the morning and I probably never will again. Oh, no, good. The, yeah, no, it's fine. No, yeah. don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> you're good. We, we vouch for you. You're good. Trust me. I wouldn't do this. It was going to harm you at all. No, you came in and you were upset at yourself because five forty five could have been a little bit better, and you yeah. were saying, "Man, not you clean." Know, right? It wasn't clean, and then you saw Eric. He told you about it, so you were you weren't you were complaining to yourself. You were hard on yourself. So. I, I wish I would have told you this before and maybe put more pressure on you, though. But of all the things our program director loves in his life, his wife, his children, he loves radio, he loves you know WFAN, he grew up in that environment, he loves yogurt, he <laughs> loves sports. Huh. Mm-hmm. The thing he loves the most is that 545 sports update on 880 because that's the first thing he hears yeah. in the morning. And that sets the tone for his day. Yeah, that is his compass for the rest of the day. And if that five forty-five is tainted in any way, <laughs> it ruins the rest of his day. Like it has to be perfect. I got to tell you, that's information I really could have used two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, man, you're messing it up for us. I dude. really could have used that two hours ago. So <laughs> now, when we go back there. He's going to be salty at us for something. He's going to be nitpicky. He's going and to be all your fault. irrational because that 545 was not a clean 545. And that's fair. That's so. fair. So my apologies in advance for when you have that meeting <laughs> later on, mm-hmm. Mike. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, hey, what can I say? I got to get better. Yeah, you do. You got to be a better man. You yeah. got to get yes. better. Yes, yes, be a better man. And I'll say goodbye to everybody because I won't get this shit. No, stop. <laughs> that is not true. Come on. We would not do that. We would not bring these things up if we knew it would hurt you in any way. Well, we uh, like you a lot. You do an exceptional job. I love You'll you, get, though. You will get other opportunities to, yeah. to uh-huh. do these shifts. Just not here. Right. right. <laughs> Don't make me feel bad. Okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. Well, actually, we'll make up for it here. Like this is your you have an opportunity to do a great update. This is the here. demo? I mean, so now yeah. if if you think that the boss is upset with you, I know he's listening now. This is this your is chance for redemption. Yes. This oh, is your man. redemption story. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Redemption <laughs> song. Yeah, this is your redemption <laughs> song. Yeah, sing it in a Jamaican accent. <laughs> uh, well, you guys were talking about it before. Lots made of that new camera angle for Thursday Night Football, but this game itself, it was completely one-sided with the Steelers routing the Titans 40-17. to like the fight in the guys. 
stayed together, made plays really kind of in all three phases, um, produced turnovers, took advantage of the turnovers, took care of the ball on the other side, uh, all the necessary things that, that developing good teams need to do. That's a happy Mike Tomlin as his defense picked off Marcus Mariota four times, while Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown connected ten times for 144 yards and three scores. And uh, anytime you play with a guy like Ben uh, in a primetime setting, uh, you know the playmaking ability is going to be up. Uh, you know the splash, splash play is going to be there. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Roethlisberger threw for 299 in all four touchdowns. Pittsburgh ups that win streak to five. They improved to eight and two. The Titans fell to six and four. December 13th is the new date for the owners to hash out the problems they do or don't have with Commissioner Roger Goodell. That's reportedly going to be an owners-only session to discuss the pending contract extension for Goodell. NBA Celtics rallied by the Warriors 92-88. They used a big 19-0 run in the third. Balanced scoring for Boston. Every starter had at least 12. Jalen Brown led the way with 22. This just hours after finding out his best friend had died in Atlanta. Didn't know if he was going to play, but made the decision to play. And um, I think wanted to, like like Isaiah, use it as a distraction. And so he uh, um, went out there and played, and he was just... He was really, really good. That's Brad Stevens, of course, referring to Isaiah Thomas, who played last season after the death of his sister. Boston has won 14 straight. Elsewhere, the Rockets scored 90 points in the first 24 minutes. Houston put a hurting on the Suns, 142-116. James Harden had 48, while Chris Paul was back after missing 14 games with a knee injury. He had 11 points, 10 assists in 21 minutes, and admits he has to work on his cardio. I know I was gassed, you know what I mean, especially early. But uh, like I said, it, it was fun to get back out there with the guys. In checking baseball, MVP awards were handed out. Jose Altuve took home the honor in the American League. A runaway winner over Aaron Judge got 27 out of a possible 30 first-place votes. John Carlos Stanton, a much tighter race, just edged out Joey Votto, fourth closest vote ever. And don't look for South Carolina women's basketball team today when some NCAA teams will be honored at the White House. Gamecocks, the latest to turn down President Donald Trump for a visit, saying they are solely focused on the upcoming season. All right, Marco, that was pretty good, man. I thought that was yeah, I think A+. Plus. It. Well, how did you yeah. think you did? I know you're hard on yourself. It was okay. But it was clean. It was your criticism of the 545 is that it wasn't clean. Yeah. It was clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the writing could be better. Pete, and what then, do you think, Pete? I, I thought it was solid. All yeah. right, good. Nine out of ten. And that was part of the 545. The right, the lead-in, the writing wasn't mm. completely clean and wasn't wasn't where it needs to be. All right. But, uh, you know, Pete. This was Okay. You know that uh, Petey Meets in there, he now teaches yeah. a course at St. John's broadcasting. Get he's, out. No kidding. Yeah. He's now. <laughs> they let you in? He's a prof. They have to teach? So the any the criticisms youth? at all there? Do you have any? No, I, 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 I would play that update as like a demo to the class. Look at that. Ah, How about that? See, you Marco, made the you class. I made St. John's. You feel yeah. better that's now, impressive. Marco? Yeah, that's, that's, that's impressive. That, put that on the resume. Hey, uh, Mike, you got any thoughts on the update at all? No? Yeah? I didn't listen to it. <laughs> oh man, what? Mike's just angry with me because he's going to feel the brunt later. That's what it is. Uh, that's that's wow. what it is. Mike's going to he's going to be mad at me for the rest of the day I was, now. I was listening to Coop. I was oh, running back to see right, if I all right, all right, fine. Yeah, it's I, I really didn't hear it. No, I I know that you didn't. That's why I asked you. I just want to see if you're going to lie about it. <laughs> Where is my man Bogus? Just took a day. Um, it's yeah. He's he was oh, cool. he's very upset yesterday. So he decided to not come. Oh, out today. cool. Yeah, well, say, I know you're not asking me. I don't ask questions. They ask me to work, man. I don't care who. Oh no, no. When no. did you find? When did you find out about this? Uh, four or five days ago. Okay, all oh. right. So this Standard was Borgish. This mm. was planned. Borgish. <laughs> Do they get your name right over there in 880? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Andrew Borgish. Uh, I'm only there <laughs> seven years. Sometimes. <laughs> That's right. You've been doing it for a while. <laughs> Marco Batelio. Andrew yeah. Borgish. 
<laughs> That's a better one. That one. That one right there is great. Andrew Borgish. Borgish. Mm. It sounds like a really nasty Russian dish, mm. doesn't it? Like yeah. a, you, like you get a whole like a ladle of borgish and take the caviar and I take the borgish. <laughs> yeah, it's like Andrew a borgish. It's like a goulash. It's like a peasant meal in Poland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the goulash, man. Oh, borgish again. Oh man, the porridge. This is disgusting. Oh. Cooked it too long. It's dry. Burgess. <laughs> mm. The way she said that. Mm-hmm. That's so, I, that's, <laughs> I probably heard that before, but boy, is that funny. Borgish. Mm. Borgish. They make the best Borgish. <laughs> All right. Well, we know that Borgish isn't listening. No. That's for sure. He's out Snor- there Still snoring? Uh, probably. Yep. Either that or he's calling some girls lacrosse game. <laughs> elementary <laughs> school. I think he might have did a game last night. Intramural. <laughs> <laughs> Intramural intermediate school. I wonder, we're gonna potato have his, sack race. We're, we're going to have his Fordham Rams on the CBS Sports Network. Nice. Is he going to be calling? I think it? it's today. Is he calling it for them? Uh, maybe, uh, did he go to Jamaica? Because that's where they're playing. Oh, wow. Jamaican Classic. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. Fordham Rams. I thought he called some game last night. Oh, did he? Yeah. So he's he's taking a page out of your playbook there. Yes. Event the night before, next day, take off. Not the short turnaround. Right, right. Nobody <laughs> nobody needs that. No, I know. I, I, if he had work last night and he had the days, then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does make sense. Borgish. Borgish. It was delish. <laughs> uh, so tasty. Put some hot sauce on it, though. Uh, Jordan Clarkson of the Lakers, he was talking about his game day routine. Mm-hmm. And you know... As you get older, your game day routine, you got to get a little more strict, right? About yeah. getting your body in shape. A lot of these guys, these hoopers are going vegan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie Irving is one yeah. of those guys. And he's not old, yeah. but he's yeah. going vegan. Clean yeah. living. You know, I wish I could do that, but I don't think it's possible. Try it. It's like eating air. Yeah, it's a really tough thing to yeah. do. But anyway, Jordan Clarkson, uh, not exactly vegan. So this is his game day routine. I love it. Take a listen. My routine is. Whatever, man. I might wake up and eat some fried chicken or something in the morning. Come here, get some shots up, go to the candy store, get some Skittles. Um, take a nap, watch a movie. Might play some video games for like five minutes till I get mad. Might go to sleep again, then wake up, drive to the arena, and do my pregame shoot. So, Jordan, it's really scientific, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Does, does the coaching staff know that this is how you spend your time away? Uh, I, I feel like they do. They want me to be me, so, so this is uh, this is me. Just living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Living the dream. Oh, I love it. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I don't know how long he's going to be able to do that. Like, I'm, when he hits 30 years old, he probably won't be able to do that as much. Wake up, eat fried chicken. Nah. No, then but go at this eat age, Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then take a nap. But at, at this point in his life, that metabolism is roaring. Oof. So, yeah, you can burn that off quickly. You just right. burn it off sitting there. <sighs> yeah, those sounds so good. I haven't had fried chicken in months, man. You haven't? It's been months. Wow, that's a shocker. I know. Yeah. Months. <laughs> Jordan, send me some fried chicken, dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's playing well. He had about 16 points a game. Yeah. Had a hell of a contract. This helps your metabolism, too. Four years, 50 million. Yeah, that helped my metabolism. <laughs> yeah. My metabolism yeah. cool, dog. All right. You can buy your own chicken joint. You probably that could. That type of cash. 
Coming up next, Charlie Batch joins us, former Steelers quarterback, now with the Steelers Radio Network, to talk about Thursday Night Football last night. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. His in-the-pocket event, which to this day has still been the most fun I've ever had, at a charity event, does great work with Best of the Batch Foundation. You can follow them on Twitter at Best of the Batch. Charlie, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to you, fellas. So the offense finally figured it out last night on a short week. Why was this the week that everything clicked? <laughs> I guess I don't know, but I, I mean, this is exactly what we were hoping to see as the year went on. I mean, this is a team who've been able to move the ball 20 to 20, but when they got to the red zone, second to last, and everyone was scratching their head and figure out why, but it was good to see them get some touchdowns this week and, and put 40 points, really 30 points first time this year, obviously for 30 points, and they finished the game with 40, so it was really good to see. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he, he says he's may quit, he, he's contemplating retirement, he comes back, he said maybe I'm not good enough for this game, and then last night he takes the media to task, of course not the local media, the guys on the national scene. Is he a drama queen? <laughs> no, I mean, it's amazing how the story blew up because, yeah, he said, maybe I don't have it anymore, but he didn't start the interview that way. And then mm-hmm. everyone ran with that okay. uh, around the country. He he accepted responsibility. He said, listen, I can't turn the football over. As the interview went on, then he said, well, guys, I'm, I'm you know, in, in kind of, you know, silly fashion like he is. He says, well, maybe I don't have it anymore. And people just took mm-hmm. off with it. So, okay. Um, that that that's the way that all, that all played out. But I think when you look to see where uh, Big Ben is at right now, they weren't able to click on passes down the field, and that was something that was, um, you know, that was kind of. I wouldn't say you scratching your head because of the expectations coming out of Latrobe when they left training camp. This is a everyone was talking thirty points a game, forty points a game, possibly. But now you're starting to see that, and if people were questioning and saying, "Well, Big Ben was the problem." He, if he fixes it, man, this is a team that's capable of winning the Super Bowl. Charlie, I like Ben. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. What he's done in this his career, I think, has actually been underrated. But he created all this stuff. And, and I can't make excuses for him or say it's the media's fault because he said on 93.7 The Fan that he wanted to maybe retire. He had to think about that. He started that story. And then he's also Ben Roethlisberger. And no matter what point in that interview, he says, maybe I don't have it anymore. He's got to understand that people are going to take that. I mean, how many years has he been in the league where you say that at any point of the interview, he's got to know better. I mean, there's other guys that handle the media better. He creates these situations more than he needs to and then points the finger afterwards. I mean, that, that type of stuff won't stop. And it's unfortunate because I think it takes away from some of his greatness at times. Well, I, I think, and I agree with you there. I mean, he's guilty by association because of some of the issues that he had or created in the past. So people didn't allow that or any of those comments that he made, you know, and give him a pass. They did not They did not do that. So I think when you look back early on, uh, beginning of the year or after last year, when he made the retirement comments, I think he was serious. Anytime that you get up there in double-digit years, you have to start thinking about some of those things. Not necessarily saying you're going to do it, but those things start to creep in because of how, of how your body is feeling at that particular moment. And they caught him out of an emotional state. He just lost the AFC Championship game. So, of course, that's going to play into it. But the way that this team is right now, they're solid. They know that the way that they're playing defensively, they are able to create turnover, get the sacks, and get the offense back to football. So I think this is a great combination that you're starting to see 
they're able to, now they're going to see those wins start to stack up and everybody's going to start circling the calendar because people are <laughs> waiting to see that New England game in December. <laughs> and we say right now today, we guarantee Pittsburgh will finally beat them. They will lick the Patriots. Let me ask you, I'm going to double up on you here. Martavis Bryant, seems like he's in a better place now. Uh, targeted him a couple times last night. And Juju Smith-Schuster, what has made him such a? What has made this such a fluid system, and, and for him to just fit in with this team and become? He, he seems like he's a go-to guy for Ben at times. Oh, you're right. You can see him evolving into that number two receiver. And you know, if Martavis, he really thought that he was going to just pick up where he left off after suspension, and it just mm-hmm. hasn't happened. So he was frustrated. He wanted to be moved, but they were able to talk him into it and say, "Listen, guy, we need you on this football team." And it was a hustle play. Antonio Brown fumbled the ball. The ball. Martavis is trying to go down to throw a block, and there he is in a position to make that turnover right before the half ended. So I think those are small plays that he is going to continue to make, and I think they'll really work Martavis back into this offense, and he's going to be a threat moving forward. Juju on the other side, this is a rookie, exceeded all expectations. This is a guy that they really feel comfortable with. They love his blocking, and that's the one thing that really got him on the field initially because he had to do those small things because you you know you, you just had to figure out a way to get involved in the offense. But now they just see he's scratching that surface. He's no longer playing like a rookie anymore, and he's really contributing to this offense. Gio and Jones with Charlie Batch, former Steelers quarterback, now with the Steelers Radio Network, and check out his foundation at batchfoundation.org. Did you see that Le'Veon Bell cryptic tweet before the game last night? No, I missed it. What did he say? He said, everyone I thought was real turned fake. What I thought was true was all a lie. I can literally trust no human at this point in my life. He tweeted that out about six hours before kickoff yeah. last night. Can't trust you anymore, Charlie. I mean, <laughs> like, I, and I, I work with Brian every day, who's an old school football guy and played in a different time. You know, you sort of experienced both eras of it, where you had you know the the early two thousands and then into some of the social media age stuff. I mean, like some of these guys and the stuff that they put out there on social media. You just talked about Martavis Bryant. This whatever this personal issue was, lady on Bell before the game. I mean, do you look at this stuff and say, what is going through these guys' heads? Yeah, I, I, I stopped doing that. I mean, this <laughs> literally, this is, this is generation text right here. Everybody, they, they wear their emotions on the sleeve, and every feeling that they have, they tweet it out, and it's unbelievable that they just can't internally to handle their issues and we deal with personal problem before the uh the game and you air it out of course everybody's going to look at that i haven't had a chance to talk to Le'Veon yet i will do so but you know when you're dealing with stuff like that it's like listen man just keep that keep that to yourself but obviously he was sending a message and whatever message that he was looking to send i'm sure they uh they saw that tweet i know you have a good feeling everyone surrounding this this organization has a good feeling after the win last night the offense really taking off but Prior to last night, what was your sense of this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I think well, the expectations, and I spent a lot of time up at training camp with them. I remember coming into it, I really thought that this was a 13-3 and season, and I really felt that they are capable of going to that AFC championship game. And when you talk, talk about that New England game, that's the one that's going to determine whether the AFC championship game is home or away. So they are setting themselves up. They were in position. There was a young team. They're starting to believe that they belong. And I think with that performance last night, this is what you're capable of seeing. And everyone is knocking the defense because they're saying, well, you didn't play quality quarterbacks. Well, you can't control who's on your schedule. 
So when you go out there and win those games like you're that you're supposed to, you know, now you start, you know, that's one of those, you know, winning breeds success. And then right now you're starting to see everybody involved and they're confident right now. So I think this is, a, you know, this is a scary team that is, uh, you know, kind of under the radar because you eventually have to knock New England off. But this team, they, they, they're confident and they believe in it that they belong, and I think that's what you're starting to see. Every Steelers team that has had success and won Super Bowls has always had a nasty defense. Every single one of them, there's always been a big defensive play. Uh, 2008, James Harrison, you know, whatever it is, you go back to the 70s, it's a different era, different world, but still. Is this defense one of those defenses that is capable of being a championship Pittsburgh Steelers-like defense? I, th- I think so, but I-, I think the one thing that I would like to see is that those linebackers still continuously getting after the quarterback? You got to understand the defensive end Cam Hayward is leading this team with sacks. He has seven. Where are your outside linebackers? Where are the pressure that you're putting on that quarterback? So that's going to have to continue because you already know you have problems in your secondary right now. And I say that because you're missing your top corner with Joe Hayden. You won't get him back to the playoffs. So. You have to make sure that you're going to cover the back end by putting pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's something that that will have to continue to evolve uh, until they get their guys back. I'm gonna have to tell my man Carnell Lake, you calling out his charges back there, man? That's just wrong. <laughs> well, you know, you know it. I mean, there's, there's, there's not, it's never been a secret, and I think that's something that when you look back on the weakness of that defense, everyone talked about the back end of that. So what the Steelers did to say, okay, if you're gonna, we understand it's a weakness, but we're going to put pressure on a quarterback, and that's why you saw. T.J. Watt being drafted in the first round, Bud Dupree being drafted in the first round. So they understand where their weaknesses are, but they're not going to let them expose it. And I think that's why you made that move as quickly as they did, right as training camp ended before they ended the regular season by making that move with Joe Hayden because they know now you're capable of bringing Artie Burns along as a second-year corner along with Joe Hayden with that experience on the other side. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.